0: And we are live. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? This is Pac Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports, the only student-ran podcast, sports podcast, I should say, here on campus. Today is February 10th, a Monday. Nice day here on campus. The weather continues to get warmer here at uh, Reno, Nevada. Feeling like spring a little bit. Uh, How are you feeling, Tyler? Feeling great. Co-host Tyler Seth with me, like always. Yeah, feeling good. Feeling ready to go. And um, we have a good episode for you guys. We have softball. We have some baseball preview that is coming up, women's tennis, women's basketball, men's basketball, everything you guys need to know to be in the know for Nevada sports. And uh, stick with us. It's going to be a great episode, and we'll be right back. And we're back. We were live. Let's start off with some softball because that started over the weekend and probably not the start that they were hoping for. Uh, no, they were uh, they traveled down to uh, Puerto Vallarta, though. Yeah. So nice playing some softball in Mexico. But unfortunately, after five games this past weekend, they are 0-5. So definitely not the uh, start we want to see. So on Thursday, they played both BYU and then number three ranked, I didn't know this, in the country, mm-hmm. University of Oklahoma. Lost both those games, lost to BYU one to six, and then University of Oklahoma three to nine. Then on Friday, we played two games again, Long Beach State and Utah Valley, lost both those games. Uh, Long Beach was two to nine and then Utah Valley was three to five. And then last but definitely not least, we gave University of Oregon a win on Saturday when we lost to them. 0-1, to one, not scoring a single run in that that matchup. But little news before the season started. Dallas Millwood is uh, transferring out of the school. That broke just like one or two days before the season even started, which was kind of a big loss for sophomore. I mean, she was batting, I think, a fifth, be- fifth team best or fourth team best or something like that. Last year, she batted a two eighty-four batting average. A 525 slugging percentage last season, so definitely someone that they're gonna miss at the plate. Uh, but she will not; she will no longer be with us. She is going to; she's gonna be in that all, um, that all too important, that all too crazy transfer portal. Um, but we opened up the season like I said. BYU they took the game six to one on Thursday before Oklahoma, who was ranked number three in the nation, won the second game nine to three on the day. The pack offense combined for just four runs off a combined 10 hits. The team hit for just a 200 batting average, The 10 for 50 in their first two games in the circle. True freshman Blake Kraft opened up the season with her first collegiate start, went the distance. She only allowed two earned runs and struck out three batters in the process. So not a bad day from freshman Blake Kraft. After a standout junior year, senior Sierra Mello came back strong in her first two games, hitting a 600 batting average, 3-for-5 on the day. To go along with a run scored, an RBI, and a stand-up triple, senior Mele Tosinga, who did not see much action in the 2019 season, came off the bench in her first game against BYU and then started against Oklahoma. She tallied a double and an RBI in her first start of the year. Against that Oklahoma team in that night game, the Sooners took an early 2-0 lead in top of the first inning. And then the Pack answered right back in the bottom of the second, a single from Mello, followed by Tunsinga's double. Uh, Oklahoma returned the favor, favor, scoring two runs in the top of the third. But yet again, Nevada scored a run in the bottom of the fourth. The, the game went back and forth before Oklahoma went off for five runs and then took that game with uh, no t- real trouble. Second day of the Porta Verta College Challenge, the pack fell to Long Beach State 9-2 in the morning game before losing 5-3 in the afternoon game against Utah Valley. Struggled offensively and defensively in that first game, only recording one hit while committing seven errors. However, in that second game, complete flip-flop, 11 hits, only one error, but still could not pull out the dubs in either of those games in the fifth and final game. We, we took on Oregon. That was at 10.30 Pacific time in the morning, February 8th. We lost 1-0. We did not score a single run. Kendall Fritz got the start in the circle, went for two innings, allowing just one hit and one unearned run. Julia Jensen entered at the start of the third inning, pitched two innings, not allowing a hit or run. And then Blake Kraft came in at the uh, fifth, finished the game, not allowing a single run and just one hit really no action in that fifth game but you would like to us to see at least uh, at least us get a run but now we're sitting 0 and 5 um obviously super early season there's no reason to panic but 0 and 5 is probably not the best way you want to start the season is it Tyler
1: No especially when you play some games you versus teams you probably should have beat I mean right. Oklahoma 3 in the country last year in the college women's college world series Yeah a, Amazing team. Um, to only lose 9-3, that's not a terrible result for our team. Um, but then again, like Utah teams like Utah Valley. I was just about to say, we um, probably should have won that game. Probably should have yeah. beat them. We probably also should have beat Long Beach State. Yeah. But, you know, some things don't go your way. Your defense isn't playing so well and your pitching's hot, which is what we saw in that um, in the Long Beach State game. It's kind of hard to win games. And um, when you fall into a slump in tournaments like that, it's it's kind of – you're out of your comfort zone, so it's hard to really come back and get back into that comfort zone. But I know, you know, this team's probably just looking forward to their next set of games and you know trying to take those and really trying to put this behind them.
0: Well, I mean, and you're playing playing softball in Puerto Verona. That might have had a little bit of a you know you're like looking around. Your the beach is right there. Maybe you wanna you wanna Here go ocean right. You go play on the beach a little bit. But I, I feel like this is gonna be the uh, Sierra Mello and Kenzie Goins show. You know what I mean? I feel like I don't know if anyone else is going to be able to uh, step up and lead the team. I feel like these two uh, ladies are veterans. They're uh, both seniors, I believe, this year. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be the ones to kind of cement on how this team's going to do. And so far, they're off to a, a great start. I mean, Sierra Mello's batting four sixty seven, Kenzie Goins is batting three thirty-three after the first tournament. And, um, I mean, it's not bad, but we would like to see maybe some younger some younger stars come up and step up. But like I said, this is an early season. First five games, they're getting the jitters out, and they have a quick turnaround. We have the Libby Matson Tournament uh, February 15th starting on Saturday and then ending that Sunday, February 16th. On that Saturday, we'll be facing Seattle University, and then we'll be facing CSUN. Isn't that... Southern, uh, university, Northridge, Northridge.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I think so. I think you're right. State Northridge. Yes.
0: And then CSU Bakersfield and university of the Pacific on Sunday. So they have a chance to quickly turn things around and make things, um, kind of even things up. They have a chance to go potentially four and five after the first couple tournaments. So that will be nice. But baseball is also starting this weekend. We have a four-game series against the University of Portland. First start on Friday. How do you think this weekend is going to go? How important is it to maybe start off, maybe not 4-0, because that's kind of hard to do, beat one team four times in one in one series, but maybe go 3-1, and hopefully 4-0. How important is this first uh, tournament? Do you put a lot of stock in how we do in this first tournament? Is it kind of getting the jitters out? What do you think is going to happen?
1: You know it's tough. You know, starting on the road, you play doubleheader on Saturday against the same team, and then you come back on Sunday play another. I think it's an early afternoon game. Um, it's always tough playing. You know that amount of games and you know that short of amount of time period. One thing I'm looking at is the pitching. Who's going to get the ball on Friday? Will that continue to be the case the rest of the year? Um, losing Ryan Anderson obviously a big thing for this baseball team, as we talked about in the past. Uh, who gets the ball? Is it is it Dalton? Is it Owen? Is it one of the new guys that's um, come up in the ten-team signing class that TJ had? Mm-hmm. You know, our offense I think could start a little bit slow. This is the first time you know these guys have really put on a Nevada uniform um, and played against a, you know a different opponent uh, when it really means something. You know, we had a couple scrimmages earlier in the year. Uh, they always have their blue and silver scrimmage, but this is a totally different ball game. Traveling to Portland, it's going to be interesting. I'm not putting too much stock into this first series. I'd like to see us either split or win three of four. Um, That'd be a really nice result, I think, for this team going forward. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see, in my mind, the pitching, uh, how that plays out, and then um, looking to keep the offense kind of doing what it's doing, you know, the past couple of years.
0: Well, I feel like Owen Sharks has to get that first start on Friday. I feel like, I don't know, obviously he didn't have the best season his freshman year, but I feel like after, you know, he played in that Cape Cod league, he just I think he's going to be able to narrow some stuff down. And he said it in the media day, you know, he obviously understands that how he kind of struggled this freshman year and he's been able to work past that kind of stuff and maybe, you know, have a way better season this sophomore season. And so I think he gets the nod on Friday and is becomes maybe our uh, Friday starter. But yeah, the pitching is obviously, just because we don't have a lot of returners, it's going to be interesting to see how the rotation kind of works. Um, but I'm excited to get this baseball season going. Um I think I think we go 3 and 1 on this weekend. I think we have a really good weekend. Ultimately, I mean we've said it before. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think this baseball season's going to be incredibly it's going to be a really nice season. I feel like we're going to do really really well. So I think this season or this tournament will kind of just mark our um mark our start for a really special season. After this four-game series, so we have one on front one game on Friday, two game on two games on Saturday and then one game on Sunday all against the University of Portland in Portland, Oregon, starting this weekend. And then next weekend, we have the University of Oregon in Eugene. So that will be interesting to see um, both games or both series in Oregon. And then we return to uh, Coley Park early this year, February 28th. Uh, So that's two weekends or three weekends from now when we play Hostra. So it'll be interesting to see how this baseball team Starts out. I think we're gonna have a really good first tournament and we'll be able to break that all down next week and how baseball and softball do next weekend. Women's tennis also performed uh, last weekend starting on Friday, the University of Nevada, who were four and two. Women's tennis team blanketed the UC Irvine Anteaters. It was the first match of three in Southern California this weekend. This win was the second in a row for the Wolfpack as they improved to 4-2 on the season, while the Anteaters fell to 1-2. Saturday, we played Cal State Fullerton at 11 a.m. We fell to Cal State Fullerton 4-1. Cal State Fullerton is undefeated this season, so a pretty good start for their season. That was on Saturday afternoon. We fell to 4-3 on the season. They went to 5-0, and then we played... Grand Canyon at UC Irvine on Sunday at eleven to wrap up this tournament. We were unable to play in that last term in that Ooh. last game though
1: weather. Why not weather? Weather. Yeah. In Southern California, the weather was bad. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. I think
1: it was because of they weather. They saw a couple raindrops and called it. I think it was one
0: or two, one or two, and they called it. Yeah. yeah one or that's two. That's all. Raindrops. That's all it
1: takes. in Irvine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we are now four and three. And um, I don't know if that last game is going to be replayed. I'm guessing not. But we host Pacific on Friday at home in the at the Mark MacArthur Tennis Center. So if you want to see uh, some women's tennis, we're off to a pretty good start though. Four and three is not bad, and we uh, play a decent Pacific team to hopefully go five and three on the season. And obviously, when that happens, we will be able to update you guys on women's tennis. But Women's basketball, as we continue to chug on. Last week, women's basketball went two and zero, improving their record to twelve and twelve, and then five and eight in Mountain West play. We played Air Force and San Jose State. That Air Force game last Wednesday, the women's team was able to take down the Falcons seventy one to sixty seven, a very close game. Every player who saw action for the Wolf Pack was able to record a bucket. Essence Booker led the team with 17 points, only one turnover and nearly 30 minutes of action. Another career day for Alyssa Jimenez as she scored a new career high, 13 points, adding six rebounds, went 50% from the floor. As a team, the Pack were able to shoot 52% from the field, 41% from beyond the arc. Without the Pack's 18 turnovers, this might have been one of the best wins of the season on the road. And just shooting the ball incredibly well. This was a great win for the Lady Wolfpack, though. And this is what we've been seeing. Essence Booker obviously is going to do what she does. But as we've been saying for very for a lot of games, for many, many games this season, we've been saying someone else needs to step up on that team. Alyssa Jimenez, though, has been slowly but surely evolving as a true freshman. And as the games are coming along and as we are slowly going to be heading into the Mountain West tournament, right now is when you want your best basketball to be played. And right now I would argue that both men's and women's basketball are playing their best basketball as of late. And uh, especially this women's basketball team, we've seen it year in, year out. Levens does something with her teams where they just switch on a switch and they're just like, yeah, now we are ready to play. And it's usually around this time going into the Mountain West tournament Uh, What did you see from this Air Force game? Is this going to be something we see from Alyssa Jimenez in the future? Um, Because we're going to need someone along with um, Essence Booker and Marguerite Effa to step up. And Alyssa Jimenez, even though she's a true freshman, might be that uh, that third knockout blow.
1: For me, Alyssa kind of, I want her to stay a defensive player just because she is so potent and so good on defense. Uh, Game-winning steal against Boise State last week um another couple big stops in the uh San Jose State game that we're going to talk about coming up but you know I kind of want her to stay as a defensive player obviously I don't mind her dropping a cool 13 and 6 um shooting very well from the floor as well but I agree I think she's a freshman that we're slowly starting to see develop before our eyes um someone at the beginning of the season we kind of looked at as a starter um kind of questioning a little bit you know is she really you know showing out that in practice that she could start in these games and she's really starting to prove uh, a lot of people wrong um, who say she's just a defensive player you know she had 13 against Air Force I think she had six against San Jose State just kind of settling in in her own I think getting more comfortable with the system and uh, the new teammates and the coaching staff Um, so it's really cool to see you know a freshman kind of evolve before our eyes but in terms of a consistent offensive score, I think it's got to come from somewhere else. Someone like Nia Alexander, someone like Amani Lacy down low. You know, even Mikayla Mayo, who we haven't really talked about these last few games. Um, so I think there's a lot of other scoring threats, but I think Alyssa really needs to stay as the defensive staple for this team.
0: No, oh, I totally agree. And speaking of pieces around them, Amani Lacey. Uh, had a nice week last week. Dropped 10 points against that Air Force uh, team. And then also dropped another 10 points against the Spartans, we'll, which we'll get to in a little bit. So we're starting to see pieces come around uh, Essence Booker and Marguerite Effa. And if they were just doing this in, earlier in the season, we'd have a very, very different record than the 12-2 and record that we are currently sitting at right now. Because, I mean, you look at this... Um, San Jose State game, which we will get into, but Nia Alexander 11 points, Amani Lacy 10 points, Alyssa Jimenez another six points, and then our, obviously Marguerite Effa and Essence Booker combining for their 27. But it's just you see people coming around them, and you see people that are developing, and you see players that are helping the you know our two stars out. That's something that we didn't see in the past, and that's what really hindered our teams. Is like. Well, who else is going to step up? We can't just have two people carrying the scoring load and then also, uh, you know, they also have to play defense, it's not like they can just cherry pick the entire game. So, I don't know. It's it, we're looking we're looking a lot better, but in that San Jose State game on Saturday, we were able to hold out and take a win. That at the time San Jose State was in second place in the Mountain West, so we beat them 80 to 76. This was just a huge game overall. I mean, this is showing that we can compete with the top seeds. I don't know about competing with Fresno State. They're on almost like a San Diego State type tier with the men's team. Um, but they are, this game shows that we can compete with pretty much everyone in the Mountain West, which is really, really nice to see. This game was back and forth throughout the entire game. And even in the fourth quarter, stayed very, very close. Michaela Mayo and Monty Lacey both hit clutch buckets that were able to put the pack ahead for uh, good late in the game. Leading the team in scoring again was Essence Booker. No surprise there, who is leading the team uh, in four of their last five games in points with 14 in the uh, San Jose State game. And then Marguerite Effa was right behind her with 13. Nia Alexander and Amani Lacy also joined in on the party, both scoring in double digits. Great win over the conference leader, or one of the conference leaders. Second place Spartans are now 9-3 and three in the Mountain West. Overall, great win. I mean, this was... This was a huge win. I don't think we can say it enough. Just because of who showed up and who made things happen in the San Jose State game, we finally see a win by committee for the women's basketball team. It's not just Essence Booker and Marguerite Effa doing their thing and everyone just kind of chipping in a couple points here and there. I mean, when you have four scores in double digits, uh, Maya West was right behind them with eight points. This is a team that's finally coming into their own. Um, I don't want to say that they can, you know, go undefeated for the rest of the Mountain West schedule, but two and 0 last week. We now sit seventh in the Mountain West, and it's not a big jump. However, these next four, these next five games, really, really kind of will tell how we how we sit in the Mountain West tournament. Um, UNLV, New Mexico, Fresno State, Wyoming, and San Diego State are huge games. You look at that UNLV game, I think they're in third. Mm-hmm. So this Wednesday is going to be huge for us. You look at that Fresno State, who's obviously, I'm pretty sure, still undefeated if, yes, 13, in, Mount, uh, in Mountain West play. These are huge games that if we do take four, maybe three, I could see us taking four and losing to Fresno State. Mm-hmm. But even if we take only three, um, this might be sitting us for maybe sixth. If we can somehow slide into that fifth spot – and get a first-round bye. that would be huge, because, especially because of how we're playing right now. I mean, I will take literally everyone except Fresno State right now in the Mountain West Tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, if you look at the schedule, like you said, UNLV, uh, who sits third, New Mexico, who's one spot behind us, Fresno State obviously kind of running away with the division, Wyoming and San Diego State are both, um, I believe, in fourth and fifth. So if we take some of these games and get some help, I could see us sliding into easily sixth, maybe even that fifth spot just because we're playing the teams that are ahead of us we have our destiny in our own our own hands and like you said that first week bye in the mountain west tournament uh, is gonna be something really big something this team hasn't done in the past couple of years you know mm-hmm. they've been like the eight seed nine seed that's come up from the depths yeah. and really challenged you know these one two seeds in the mountain west tournament but having that buy in the first week i think could be a real boost for this team and um you know push them really really far um so the destiny is in our hands at this point. We just have to take care of business. It starts Wednesday at home against UNLV, the third team in the Mountain West standings currently. It's going to be a battle. We played them last January 22nd. We lost by two points, kind of like the San Jose State game. We lost in overtime the first time we played San Jose State by two. You know, hopefully the ladies come out fired up. Their last game against UNLV, the one they have at their home court, uh, it's going to be a Real big one if we can take this out. And I think that would really catapult us uh, through the last you know four or five games for our schedule.
0: Well, last time we played UNLV, like you said, it was a nail biter. Came down to the very end, uh, but besides Marguerite Effa, no one stepped up in that game. I mean, Marguerite Effa had 24 points, seven rebounds, and then you look at Essence Booker, who shot a five for 15, so not the best night from the field on 11 points. No one else was in deb- double digits. Michaela Mayo eight points, uh, Deja Hamilton seven. So I think as people are starting to click and uh, the the team is starting to become more well-rounded, I think this is a game that we're going to have on Wednesday night. It's going to be at home. The other one was in Thomas and Mac. So I think this is going to be a game that we can take. I say we win by five on Wednesday. I know the games have been really close. I know we've been winning by just a couple possessions. But... The coaches were saying earlier in the year, you guys can't perform down in the stretch and can't win close games. Well, I think they're proving them wrong now. Yeah. That they really can – they can clutch up and they can win by just a couple possessions that come down to the the very end. But, yeah, exactly what we are saying, San Diego State, Wyoming, they both sit right above us, and we play both of them in our last five games. Um, If we beat San Diego State, we'll be tied with them in conference. We beat Wyoming, we'll be tied with them in conference – this is a scenario where it's crazy to say, but Wyoming who now is sitting in fifth and has a buy for the Mountain West tournament is only seven and six in conference. So this is a scenario where we can definitely like sitting fifth in a first round buy is not out of the question whatsoever. This can be a team that we can come back and definitely possibly get that first round by. And from there, who knows what
1: happens? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this team's just playing on all cylinders right now. It's, Uh, It's going to be a tough one to stop. It's just I wish we could find or Amanda Levins could find a way to flip this switch a little earlier in the season. Um, Take some of those games we probably should have won some of the earlier games that we lost just by a couple points. But, I mean, you can't complain when the team's playing like this right now. Like you said, going into February, going into March, uh, you want to be playing your best basketball. And after
0: this Wednesday game, we have a bye on on, uh, the weekend. So we have a week break until we play New Mexico again at home the following Wednesday, which is February 19th. But this Wednesday, February 12th, like in two days, 6.30 p.m., get out for the UNLV game at home when the Little Sisters come up and try to take down the Big Sisters at home in Lawler Events Center. But we've seen Essence Booker kind of get back to her old ways you posed this question. I thought it was really interesting. Is are they back now to Essence kind of being their number one option, their go-to? Because for a while she was kind of she was having she was struggling from the field, mm-hmm. so it was Marguerite Effa that kind of had to step in, and we saw that I think the best when we just talked about against that first game against UNLV. Uh, Essence wasn't feeling it. Marguerite Effa had to step in, 24 points, but she's been hitting on all cylinders as of late. And you pose this question: Are they back to Uh, Essence being their number one option I think they are I think Essence Booker is an option that you always have to go to uh, as the number one and if she's not feeling it then find someone else but I think Essence Booker is always going to be that first option you have to go to her just because of what she can do she's a lot like Lynn almost where she can turn it on and off and I think what we've seen from Lynn is obviously unreal scoring we'll get to that in just a second but Essence Booker is another person that can turn it on and off and I think um, she always has to be your number one go-to
1: yeah, I hundred percent agree. Breaking just now as we're recording, Essence Booker, this week's Wolfpack Player of the Week. Oh, so congrats nice. to her. Yeah, congrats, um, to Essence. Back, back at it. Just as you were saying her name, it popped. The notification popped they up knew. on my phone. They yeah, knew. they knew. I mean, like we said, everyone in Nevada sports and Nevada athletics, you know, just just consult with us. It's okay. Yeah. You know, we know you're doing it behind we'll, our back. We'll break but it first. We'll yeah, break it first. It's all right. <laughs> um, but I hundred percent agree. I think that. Essence Booker, she's so versatile in the way she plays. Mm-hmm. Um, she can hit the outside shot. She is, you know, she, has, she actually has a really, really good mid-range shot. We've seen it um, on the Air Force game and San Diego State game. And then she can also attack the basket with the best of them when the bigs kind of clear out. So I think to not have her as a number one option is kind of silly. But the only reason I kind of brought up the question is you have so many other people now stepping up that could fill in that number one spot when Essence isn't feeling it, like you were saying. You have Marguerite Effa. You have Nia Alexander who's kind of coming into her own. You have Alyssa Jimenez who's, you know, shown scoring surges in the past couple of games. Um, You have Amani Lacey, another true freshman that's really kind of stepping up uh, late in the season. So there's a lot of other options, but I think Essence always has to be number one. I think if you can get her going and if she's feeling it from the floor, it's going to be a long day for the other team. Um, and then once they start, you know, double in essence, it leaves people like Marguerite, Amani, Lacey, and Yane Alexander open down on the block, where Essence can really find them. And that's something that she hasn't shown a lot this year, but we know that she has in her arsenal. Is she's a very good facilitator of the basketball as well. She makes a lot of passes that I've seen recently that are, you know, very high IQ, high level passes. So I think she has to stay the number one. But like you said, if someone's struggling, I think we have a lot of other pieces now that we can go to and uh, have trust in.
0: Which always hasn't been the case. Looking earlier in the year, very true. So moving ahead, now we are going to switch to men's basketball, who are now 15 and 10 and eight and five over the uh, the season, thanks to those two wins last week. More awards for Pack basketball. Jalen Harris got Mountain West Player of the Week. Definitely, definitely deserved. He is average over these past two games uh, last week, thirty-five points, five point five rebounds, three point five assists in those two games. His third Mountain West Player of the Week this season. Absolutely unreal.
1: He's averaging thirty-five points in those last two games. Unreal. That's not. That's not combined. That's an right. average. Yes.
0: Yeah. Unreal. He's averaging twenty-one point eight points now on the season. Eleventh in the NCAA in scoring. First in the Mountain West in scoring. Um, we'll get to his out- you know what, let's do it now. <laughs> this dude is becoming an NBA prospect. Yes. And it's kind of scaring me a little bit because if he leads us to a Mount- if he leads us to an NCAA tournament, which isn't too far fetched. I don't want people rolling their eyes when they hear this. It is not out of the question that this dude can drop 35 points in the Mountain West tournament every single game and lead us to an NCAA tournament. Yeah, get that automatic. And if he does that, our NBA Scouts gonna
1: come looking. I think they're already looking. I mean, we I've seen tweets at least, and that's scary about NBA scouts and people that are kind of in that scouting world tweeting about Jalen Harris. Uh, there was one tweet that said he might be one of the best, you know, pick and roll you know, ISO players in the country right now. yeah, And that is very scary. Yeah, He's a junior. He has another year of eligibility if he wants to stay with the pack. And and we want him. We want him very badly to stay with us. Yeah. No, and and that's
0: the thing is, like, obviously we want him to do what's best for him. Yes. Yes. But at the same time, it's like we want him back next year. We need his scoring back next year. And to see what he's going to do. Because in the beginning of the season, he was putting up numbers, but not like this. No. I mean, he was the game against San Jose State on Saturday was his um, fourth 30-point game in a row. Yeah. In a row. It's like it's, it's going to be weird when he doesn't score 30. It's going to be a down game. And it's like, how is that possible? He's the only player in the NCAA to average over 20 points, six rebounds, and four assists a game. The only player. I mean, Marcus Howard is doing some unreal things over in Marquette. Yes. Averaging almost 28 points. I think it's 27.4 or something like that. Yeah. He's doing amazing things, and shout out to him. But no one else in the N.C.A. is doing everything at this level like Jalen Harris is doing. He's leading the Mountain West in scoring by a long shot, I think. The next one is uh, Alston from Boise, and I think he has 18. So he's – I mean – Jalen's averaging like almost four points more than him, yeah. so it's not is mean, not, not, not even close. So leading the Mountain West in scoring, but now we have to talk about he has to be the front runner for the Mountain West Player of the Year. Like I understand, Malachi Flynn is arguably gonna be right up in there, but I looked at the stats and Malachi Flynn. I mean, he's he's I think he's leading in assists or might be like top three in assists, uh-huh. but he's not really. I mean, he's averaging like 16 points yeah. a game. The only thing that people would have for Malachi Flynn is that he's leading a a very, very good San Diego State team to an undefeated season, which is unreal. But at the same time, it's like, Ben was player of the year. Who's who's excelling the most? Who's putting up the absurd numbers? Who is having just the best season? And I think it's hard for anyone else to say anyone besides Jalen
1: Harris. I 100% agree. I think, and this is like, Us trying to be unbiased as possible. We are looking at every possible scenario here. I get that Malachi Flynn in San Diego State, yes, they're unbelievable, blah, 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 good for them. They're going down in Lawler, the last game of the season, Um, calling it right now. That is true. Take away Malachi Flynn from that San Diego State offense. I think they still are a very, very good team. I think they're still first in the Mountain West. Mm -hmm. Take Jalen Harris away from this Nevada offense. Oh, God. I don't want to picture yeah. that no, that's yeah. kind of that's a scary thought that's, So that's bottom of the mountain west yeah sure. exactly yeah. so I think and it's the most valuable player right. and that's what I think gets lost a lot of times in translation and kind of most valuable player in like a team aspect Jalen Harris is obviously the most valuable player in the Mountain West, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Unless something crazy happens with these right. last five games of the season, but
0: he's only he's only playing better and better,
1: yeah. which is crazy. And that's that's the scary part for teams who you know come to play us mm-hmm. is that he is only getting better and better, and he is really turning it on at this point in February. Well, that's why I don't think it's a long shot to say
0: that he might be able to lead our team to uh-huh. an NCAA tournament, because. Well, we'll look at the standings right here. We were going to get into it earlier, but we are sitting in uh, fifth in the Mountain West. So we right as of right now, we have a first-round bye. But then it's like after that first-round bye, you play the fourth seed, and it's just, I mean, it's not the best. You, you kind of yeah. want to get top three, to be honest with you. We play UNLV on Wednesday at Thomas & Mack, where we go and take on the Little Brothers. We know what we can do down there. They are sitting one game behind us. They are seven and five, so that would technically be a half game behind us in the Mountain West standings at 6th. So this is a must-win game. For mm-hmm. sure, must-win game when we travel down. But when we play the rest of our opponents, these are teams that aren't above us in the standings. New Mexico, below us in the standings. Fresno State, below us in the standings. Wyoming, below us in the standings. And then the all-dreaded San Diego State team comes to Lawler on February 29th, which is senior night. But they are obviously first in the standings. No one is going to shake them. like They're they're there. They're cemented yeah. it at first. So these teams—the Boise, Utah State, the Colorado States—those are all. Those games are done. Mm-hmm. We can't. So now, this is why we were harping so much on these two games—the Colorado State Boise game, the two games we lost. This is why I was harping so hard. Is now we're on the outside looking in, praying that one of these two teams or one of these three teams—Colorado State, Utah, Boise—loses. It helps that Utah State and Colorado State are playing a game this week. So one of those teams are going to have to lose. I'm hoping it's Utah State loses because then we'll hopefully go leapfrog, over them, yeah. leapfrog them. But now we're on the outside looking in, and no matter what ranking I get, I think if we get a third-place rank in the Mountain West Tournament, gets our first-round by, and then we play the winner of some, like, sixth or seventh, whatever, five or seven, or whatever happens, um, we will be set really, really nicely. I think the – yeah, third seed plays the winner between 6 and 11. It, and then 5 and 4 play each other. So you don't really want... I mean, 5 and 4 seeds are almost interchangeable. It doesn't really matter. These last five games are going to be unreal. And they're going to be really, really big. I have them winning Wednesday at UNLV in Thomas and Mack. I think we're going to win that game. I think we're going to be fired up again. I think Jalen Harris continues his hot streak. I don't know when it's going to end, but I don't think it's going to end Wednesday. I think we beat them by 8 to 10 points. UNLV is playing good basketball, but as of late, they're on a little bit of a losing streak, and um, I think we take this one. But then you look ahead. I think we also – I'm just going to skip down to the very last game. You've already said it. I think we beat San Diego State at home. I think we hand them their first loss. I hope that – I pray – that they continue to be undefeated until they come to Lawler. Me too. Because I want them to be third in the country. I want them to or higher. Or Second. Or, yeah. First. I want them to be licking their lips at a chance to go an undefeated season, and I want us to break it. Yeah. And I and I'm gonna love it. I'm I'm gonna we're gonna see tears from SDSU. We're gonna oh it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be unreal. Kind of like
1: sadistic right there. It's kinda scaring me. Oh,
0: I, I feel sadistic <laughs> right now. I feel like I just wanna break their souls in half when we play them.
1: Looking at the San Diego State tickets, I was just curious. Yeah. The lower bowl, it looks like is completely sold out. Oof. The Gotta get there, upper folks. bowl, there's still a lot of tickets left. Okay. There are a lot of singles. There are sections where there are many tickets left, according to the website here. Um, many. For tickets? Yes, mm. many. There are one, two, three, four, five, six sections that have, quote-unquote, many tickets available. Got to get there. Um, a lot of singles. Get out. This there's is no, going to be the most rocking game of the season. There's no reason why Lawler shouldn't be sold out. I 100% agree. This is going to be the most rocking atmosphere of the season. Better than UNLV, especially if they're undefeated. Even if they're not undefeated, I think it'll still be the best atmosphere Lawler has all season, yeah. Coaches, if you're listening, if you're listening, plan your visits. San Diego State, yes. Come, yes. See what the Northern Nevada community is all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we get that place rocking and we start taking a lead, oh my goodness, yeah. It's, it's over. I would not bond. I would not want to be the dude by the water cooler on Monday, being like, oh, I wish I went there. Right.
0: Oh yeah. No, it's gonna be an amazing game, and there is no reason why Lawler shouldn't be sold out for the San Diego State game. When, what day is that? Just so we can shout it out it real quick. It is a Saturday. February 29th. February twenty eighth. Saturday. Yeah, you know, we have no more weekday home games. Yeah, we're done with
1: weekday yeah, home we games. we are done. No more 8 o'clock starts at Lawler. Yeah, then no on a more. Wednesday.
0: <laughs> I know, no more, yeah, getting out at midnight on Wednesday. Yeah, no, we play UNLV uh, Wednesday, this Wednesday, 7 p.m., at Thomas and Mack. And as of late, UNLV has not been playing so hot. They had a four-game skid. Starting with our game in Lawler, that was January twenty second when we beat them eighty-six to seventy-two. Then they lost to San Diego State. Then they lost to Colorado State. They lost to Utah State. So when they started have when they started to have to play good teams in the Mountain West, they folded. And that's exactly what we expected from UNLV. I mean, when they have to play good teams, they're gonna fold under pressure. And that's exactly what happened. And then they played fresno state a horrific fresno state team and won by one point 68 to 67 this unlv team i think that you know nothing much is going to happen i think we're going to be able to take things to them we're gonna we're gonna do what we do best against unlv and i think we're gonna beat them by eight to ten points um but just a quick recap of what happened last week tuesday was a late game at home at lawler Jalen had his career night 38 points six three-pointers both career highs for him Lindsay reached 900 points, 600 rebounds on a Nevada uniform. I want to get to that talking point soon. And it wasn't even a game from the beginning. We won 88 to 54. I think we were up by 40 at one point. Yeah. There was one point where uh, Jalen had 32 and uh, Air Force had 35. I mean, he was almost like single handedly beating them. It, was, it just wasn't a game. And it was great to see us like perform at that high of a level. Mm-hmm. It re- really was. Um, San Jose State, February 8th, Saturday. Again at Lawler. We won ninety five to seventy seven. Jalen had thirty two points, dipped a little bit. How could he? Wow. Thirty-two points. How dare him. I know. Crazy. Uh fishing 13 for 23 shooting. That's what impressed me the most. Very, very efficient. It's not like he's shooting 40 shots. He's really, really shooting the ball out of fish clip. Uh Nisray, who's been unreal, another talking point we could eventually get to. He's has been he's been playing unreal. Mm. Like Nisre has been giving that boost off the bench. I, obviously, he was the no-brainer to fill Jazz's spot. But boy, do I love him being a sixth man, coming off the bench and doing what he's been able to do. Uh, 15 points on Saturday, 6 for 10, a very efficient, 60% from the field. And like we've been saying, you know, everyone's playing their best basketball at the moment. Uh, Alfred has the squad playing their best basketball. And I think this is going to be a very, very special ending. But I want to talk about Lindsey. 900 points, 600 rebounds. Some people look at 900 points. Say it's not that much in a four-game span or a four-year span. Um, but to at his position, 900 points, 600 rebounds. And the thing that impressed me the most, it's done all in the silver and blue for Nevada. Nowadays, it's very, very—it's almost like the NBA. It's really mm-hmm. hard to have one player stick with one team. And I'm not saying that's bad or good. I'm saying people transfer now, and people don't find things that fit them. You know, Lindsey came in with the first-year musk. It was a very, very special time, and he saw this program, you know, expand tenfold. He stayed with Alford, and now he's reaping the benefits. I think he's becoming uh, a very, very good point god, and I think he's going to go down in Wolfpack history. A lot of people love him. Obviously, he's a fan favorite, but I think it's very, very impressive that he's doing all this in a Nevada uniform, and I think that it speaks to his loyalty and just how hard he works. I mean, he said in the postgame he's given his blood, sweat, and tears to the Nevada community. He's putting it all on the floor. And I think it's really, really impressive. And I think um, he should get a lot of recognition for doing all this at one school and really putting his head down and working through, you know, he's seen the highs and he's definitely seen the lows in Nevada uh-huh. basketball. So uh, I just shout out to Lindsey because he's he's the true, you know, point god of Nevada basketball. And doing what he does um, is very, very impressive in silver and blue.
1: Yeah, I think I couldn't have said it better. I mean, even with his Achilles injury, yep. still eclipsing that 900-point mark. Crazy. in probably, what is it, three years now, three and a half yeah, years, technically, half. if yep. it's if we're counting the injury of playing time. So yeah. just something real special that you definitely don't get to see often, like you said, in this day and age of kind of the new era of the transfer portal and kids just trying to find the right fit. Um, Lindsey has been loyal and been one of the best uh, um, solid pieces throughout the four years, yep. um, at least that we've been here and we've kind of been blessed been able to watch him all these four years mm-hmm. uh can't wait for senior night when he gets his name called yeah hopefully standing ovation. I, i'm assuming he's going to be the last name called hopefully yeah um just all the stuff he's done in nevada is amazing all the like you said the highs and the lows yeah. you know that deep tournament run uh the sweet 16 run and then mm-hmm. losing the first round of the tournament last year right. so just something real special that you don't get to see very often and I think Northern Nevada, this community respects it as well as any other community. You know the loyalty and how he stayed through, you know, the thick and the thin.
0: Well, and that's why I think that we're going to go back to the, the tournament March Madness because, granted, two years ago that was right after the Achilles injury he tore it in the Mountain West tournament, and then last year, um, he was still recovering from that injury. So mm-hmm. we we haven't really seen him play in March Madness before, and so that's why I think this year is the year to really see him shine. But before we wrap up. Yes, the team is playing their best basketball at the moment, arguably, um, besides the Colorado State-Boise State hiccup when Jazz was out. Do you think that – is there a game on this remainder of the schedule that you think, like, they have to win this game for me to be sold on the chance that they might go to a cha- an NCAA tournament? Because while they are playing their best basketball, I feel like at UNLV – granted, the UNLV isn't the best team. They're not horrible. I think if we win at UNLV and then turn around next week – Tuesday, February 18th, and win in the pit, I think that's when I'm going to be like, okay, this team can really hang with the best of them, and then then obviously that last game against San Diego State, but I think these next two games, they're right up there with how important the two games against Colorado State and Boise State were. I think these two games are going to really tell the fans how deep we're going to go. If there is a shot at making the NCAA tournament, I think these next two games are going to be the ones to say, you know what, yeah, we can do it, or you know what, NIT might be the spot for the uh, us.
1: Yeah, I think that kind of three-game stretch of New Mexico, Fresno, Wyoming, just games you have to take care of business at, it's... Plain and simple as that. Yeah. But I, I think I agree with you about the UNLV in New Mexico. I think UNLV is the, you know, the rivalry test on the road. Yep. It's going to really show what this team's made of. And then New Mexico is going to be a crazy atmosphere with Alfred returning. Mm-hmm. So Unreal. that's going to be another major factor. The pit's always a crazy place, but adding Alfred in that circumstance, returning for the first time in... I don't know how many years, probably a few years now. Um, it's going to be something crazy. Returning in, an, you know, a different Mountain West uniform is going to be a little different. But I think you just got to take care of business. I mean, these are these four of five games are very winnable games, and I think the way the team's playing right now, they should be, you know, not cake walks, but um, easy wins and you know, wins we shouldn't have to push too hard to get. And then that'll have us all tuned up for San Diego State. Hopefully we can take them down on our senior night. But I think you just got to take care of business at this point in the season. It's kind of plain and simple as that.
0: It goes down to winning the games you have to win. Exactly. And, I mean, that's that's what good teams do. Um, that's what San Diego State has been doing. They even won some games they weren't supposed to win. And that's what's got them to the, uh, what are they, 23-0 24-0, something like that. We're going
1: to have a San Jose State counter in here. We always forget how many wins. San Diego, State. Wins. I know. San Diego God, State.
0: I know. They're, it's it's unreal. But, yep, UNLV, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Tune in on ESPN3 because they are playing in Thomas and Mac. It's going to be a great game. I think we will get the win. Do you have a score prediction, or how do you think this game's going to go on Wednesday before we wrap
1: up? I think we score in the – upper to mid 70s i think we scored 77 we hold you and to 68 i think we win by you know that kind of comfortable 9 point margin um 8 to 10 i like kind of what you said but i think it's i'm going to go 77 68 i kind of like that score yeah
0: i like i like i was going to say 70s as well because we've seen our offense kind of explode as of late but i think us being on the road i think our our shooting's going to go a little bit slower um, so I think that we do win in the 70s. I think we we score. Um, I say we score 75 and we hold them to 65. Ooh. Yeah, I think they. I think they have a horrible night shooting, and I think our defense really hands it to them. And I think uh, we win by 10. Hopefully, I'm right, but I I think it could be a little bit closer. I could see this game be just being uh-huh. a little bit closer. Um, come Wednesday at what is that 7- 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Wednesday at UNLV, and we'll be able to recap that game as it happens.
1: Any last thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Go baseball. Go, go UNR baseball. Yeah, I mean, big week for sports. You know, hopefully softball can turn it around, tennis, basketball. Both basketball teams take some more wins this week. I'm just really excited for baseball. I know I think the first game is on Valentine's Day, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, on yeah. the Friday the 14th. Good date. Good date. I'm single, so I'm gonna be watching baseball all day with nice. my one true love. Yeah. Um, hopefully catch some of that Saturday doubleheader as well. So that's just on i um, you know, gas to be a part, yeah. you know, have baseball season. But you know, hopefully softball can turn around. I think um, that's, it's early. Yeah, it's very early. It's kind of, you know, a different team than what we've been seeing. Take care of UNLV for both the basketball teams. I'd love to see that, you know, two and zero Wednesday night. Definitely. I think that it will happen. I think that We've
0: seen before that UNLV just, I just feel bad sometimes because they just really aren't at the same level as the real Nevada. So I really do sometimes feel bad, but not when we play them Um, coming up on Wednesday. I think both of our teams will take care of business and get the dubs. But yeah, big week for all spring sports. And of course, as things happen, we'll be able to recap those for you guys. So you guys get our latest updates as well. And I want to thank you guys for listening to PAC Center and for always giving us your time. And like always, let's go pack.